Welcome back to Beats Within. We're here with a really good friend of ours, uh, Mez. We've known him for almost two decades at this point. Uh, he is an artist. He is a DJ. He's a producer. If you're from Austin, you've definitely seen his pieces around town, although he has pieces all over the world. He is a part of a few crews. Uh, mm. I'm here with Mez. That's not your real name, but we're not going to talk about that. We, yeah. we, we're not going to. You're not going to get his full. I mean, real it's name. my real name for all intents and purposes. It right? actually is, right? Everybody. Like Misa is not necessarily my real name. It is a nickname, for derived from my actual government name. But I, I'm more of a Misa than I am that other name. Right. Right. Sometimes that happens to me. Somebody calls me my real name. I don't even acknowledge. Yeah. And then they're like, "Mess," and I'm like, oh, hey. "There we are." <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah, I've had it for so long that it. Is I don't think of it as a like longer than you've had your other name, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was like the '40s. My mom was like, "I'm gonna call him Mez." It was the '40s. She was like, "I think I'm gonna call him Mez." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mez one, Mez oneer. Mez one's the original. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're with a few crews. Uh, I know time is too short. Tits. Mm -hmm. Love that. Tits crew. Yeah. What is the other? How do you? What's time is too short? And what else do y'all? The acronyms, or what is it? For like, time is too short? Yeah, isn't there like uh, different ones? Terror in the streets. Love that, yeah. Triumph wow. induced through sacrifice. That's, a, that's wow, that's deep. Uh, Who came up with that tomorrow one? Tomorrow isn't today's solution. So the, 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 the one for that, the triumph in today's sacrifice, definitely triumph made Triumph induced through sacrifice. That's definitely made up by somebody who, when they hang out with someone for the first time, they're like, you gotta listen to this song, and they play Dance the Devil <laughs> by Mortal Technique. Like, that's... Oh, <laughs> like, we all got that one friend who's, like, deep in his thoughts constantly. Yeah. <laughs> like that new Sage Francis album. Oh, my God, yeah. You gotta yeah. hear this. Like, <laughs> Bush did 9-11, bro. You didn't know that? He did, though. He, he did. <laughs> He was yeah. Talk about building seven. There's a lot of new kids yeah. that like when they're like, I don't know, y'all are like. Bush really didn't do it. He just. He was he was a puppet. He was in on it. Right. Wait, head on. We're gonna. Christina's looking at us because she's like, don't fucking get into this right now. Like a background about us and just building seven. Yeah, building seven. That's all you gotta look up. Like okay, nothing hit it, but it collapsed. I'm sorry, I digress. So back in the days of plush, you've heard us talk about this almost every episode we have, you know, with somebody who's definitely a local Austinite or even some of our friends from around the world. Uh, Plush was a staple in underground hip hop culture. Um, it was created by our friend Avi Minkoff, um, who we'll absolutely have on the show later on. He had a turntable crew that he was man managing, um, uh, Table Manners, and so we would go to this little club and we would just like blow that out till 3 a.m. Um, listening to all the best hip hop, turntable routines. I was there break dancing. We were just, you know, partying all there, these young kids. But I would take a break, and I would come outside. When I wasn't smoking cigarettes, I go off and on. I was very healthy. I was training. I was breakdancing. I was competing. And I was like, all right, I got to get out of this club for a second. And Mez would be on the street smoking a cigarette. I'd be like, give me a cig. And then we would do shit, like talk conspiracy theories for 45 minutes straight. And then people would be like, hey, Misa, they're like playing your song. Get back in. I was like, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> the earth might be flat. We don't know. We're not, we're not convinced, but we just there's some things we got to talk about. It's on um, the table. So that's why we may dip into like <laughs> some sort of thing, like like fossil fuel. But that's okay. We're gonna get there. <clears throat> I was gonna say, how did we meet? And I think that that kind of covers yeah, it. It was good. that. It was Standing definitely that. I can't push. recall actually meeting you though. It seems like you just we just you yeah. know like in in our lives. I can't remember the first time. I can't yeah, either. Kind of the same. Yeah. Memory, right? It yeah. just kind of. And I we can't were. even know how exactly. I can't even tell. Like, I would Plush, love to know and that. And then the same sort of circles. Broadhill. You know? Broadhill yeah. crew. Yeah. You know, Avi mentioned. Yeah. 
Brian. But I, I, I would love to see, like, if we could have, like, you know, an angel come down and show us a video. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That, that? Yeah, that angel's job. They're like, well, I'm new. They're told to come down here and he show you. He stops it right before I puke. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's, that's, it's a, it's that a, was the moment. A very shitty, it's a wonderful <laughs> life. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, going back to Plush, and this is, again, bringing up Avi Minkoff when I said that I was going to interview you. And he was like, he's like, ask him about, you know, the big boss and the third eye, you know, going into symbolism in your art. Um, you know, one of the infamous murals back there was the big boss. I think he's smoking a cigar. He had a third eye. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, you know, I don't think I ever actually asked him about that. And I am curious. I was just like, that's a sick piece. Look at the shading. He's so good. Um, you know, tell us. Tell us a little bit about where your symbol symbolism lies in your art then and if it still exists now yeah um well back then that was like when i was doing those blue men yes and not the blue man group not the blue man group could no. you imagine though but i had like a period where i was doing these blue guys and yeah they were all symbolic they were like really aggressive sort of businessmen with blue skin and uh so the blue kind of represented Blue Bloods, i.e. the elites, mm -hmm. and then they usually had a red background, which was like fascism, and then the suits were like corporatism, and then like the yellow teeth and like yellow eyes was like a soullessness, and then like the rosy noses was like lush, like greed. Wow. So there was like a whole symbolic That's shit behind layers. those That's things. That's layers. Yeah. And you had the third eye, and the third eye would be closed. So it wasn't open looking at us. Sometimes it was open, sometimes it was closed. But most the third eye represents like esoteric knowledge, like higher knowledge, secret knowledge. Um, so that, I still do the third eye. Um, I've started to incorporate them on more like common man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I started to um, kind of go that direction with it. Like, you know, the, the blue guys were cool. They had their moment, um, but I remember like some people would just be too disturbed by them, like they were too aggressive, mm. and so I started kind of leaning more into like my humorous side with art. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still do serious pieces, but uh, yeah, I, I started to kind of enjoy getting joy out of people more so than that connection poking them you know right, like right right because the blue guys were real like in your face like i wanted you know there's so much there and i feel like building seven you <laughs> know what i mean like is what those are <laughs> and now it's more like you heard about building seven <laughs> yeah like yeah. and just in case you're ready i'm just over here yeah, yeah. smoking like you want to know what <laughs> yeah. i'm thinking you know. talk to unky mez <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, I think that's, like, also, like, when we're younger, right, we tend to want to poke the bear to get the reaction until we understand further about what that reaction means in terms of connection with our art, you know. Like, I definitely went through different phases of that with, you know, multiple phases of art, and it seems like you've evolved greatly. And we're going to, I mean, like, thinking about the evolution where you are now, um, you know, we'll get into more details about that. But, you know, first of all, knowing you for so long, and I hate the word, like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Like, I didn't raise you. You didn't come out of me. But it's like, and I've been thinking about that. Like, what does it mean to tell somebody they're proud of them? Because I was like, oh, I had no hand in it. You know, but I'm pr I, I'm so proud of, yeah. like, whenever I hear, I'm like, what the fuck I'm is proud this? proud of friends, you know? you know? Because, they're, you know, they're people, and if you truly, you know, if they're truly your friends, you want to see them succeed. So you're happy and proud when they do. Right. Or when you see them grow and be better or do whatever, you so know? So much, like, yeah. I yeah. have so many friends I'm proud of and like 
you know, or people that Name them, list them, right now I'm at the uh, top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where am I, is it numbered? Uh, not Nisa. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to get her shit together. All she talks about is conspiracies. Yeah, she this, is the person in the basement they talk about. <laughs> this fucking podcast doesn't take off. Well, fuck. So, you know, we're looking at artistic development, early stages on. Did you draw as a kid or did you one day just like receive uh, <laughs> or have like a brain injury where no. you're all, like all of a sudden you're like grabbing a cane? You're just like amazing like, with like fucking spray paint. I mean, maybe. <laughs> but I don't remember. Because of the brain injury. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, amnesia. This is all we're all so ghost no, machine. I've been situation. drawing my whole life. Yeah. yeah. It's like all I've ever known is like art and music. Yeah. That's it. Right. Um, where do you know like where that started to be a thing where you're saying like this is something that I'm doing and it's kind of consuming my life in a way. Even when you're younger, right? If that's all you're really doing, listen to art and music. Um, recognizing that this is like a part of who you are, right? Like when I, when music for me, you know, for instance, like I can recall the first albums that I had. I can recall like the first time I was like saw dancing and being, you know, like eight and knowing mm -hmm. that this is what I need to do. This is what I need to have. And I didn't see anybody else really in my family. Like nobody danced. Uh, my dad liked music, but I was like getting my own shit, right? Yeah. So, you know, was that a way that, you know, what did you, when did you feel that spark? <clears throat> well, my mom was really into music, you know, and she had me fairly young. Um, so she was always into, like, contemporary music. So I grew up, like, listening to, you know, pop and what, you know, Yeah, that whatever. was strong. On the, we and had radios. That was, like, mainly what it yeah, is, Yeah, records. Right? Like, I remember laying, you know, and listening to records, Michael Jackson and, yeah. you know, whatever. The one with the Tiger, was that his Thriller album? Yeah, Thriller, yeah. yeah. Totally I had that one. That. It melted on my way <clears throat> from Texas to California. First album I ever got was Prince um, and then sure. Rat. Wow. The second one. Rat? Yeah. And I was, like, little. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, so, like, yeah. I was introduced to, like, contemporary music real little and that just made me go my you know further in my own direction and like right. you know what's you know so i you know due to my mom i've always had like m more of an advanced sort of musical you know digging or ear than right. like i it's probably like you know 10 or so where i eight nine ten where i started to notice like oh not everybody is into music like I'm into music. Right. Like I just thought it was normal that everybody's right. like, you're on the playground. You know who this like, is? You know who this is? Anybody here? You rat? You know who that is? Yeah. Oh, this song, you know? And they're like, I don't know. I like yeah. baseball. And right. Like, oh, okay, weirdo. They're not getting into that. <laughs> I, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, and I think we've we've both you know commiserated on it, if that's the right word. Because I don't feel like it's sense. I don't know if commiserate means sad, Sounds but we good, had but that connect. Right. That's very smart. We commiserated. <laughs> Word of the day. I learned that about yeah. word of the day email. <laughs> yeah, no, <I> <laughs> Just kidding. That was a very. Here's what I'm saying is that um, you know we 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 connected on that in that uh, I moved around a lot and so that was something where I knew I could kind of come back and like listen to music or like even a comedy tape like coming home from school and grabbing Eddie Murphy Raw and getting in my parents' bed and playing it and listening to the whole thing back and forth like almost every day. But it was you know moving around and not being super connected to people and having this security blanket of sorts of where I know this is always going to be constant in my life. Yeah. yeah. I had a similar, you know, like moving around. It seemed like every two years we were in a new spot. And mm -hmm. like, so I guess it wasn't that I had a safe place as much as it just was always with me mm -hmm. because of those sort mm -hmm. of, so, like I didn't, Yeah. 
like I said, it wasn't until later that I started realizing, oh, this isn't normal. Like, right. But I was just like consumed with music from jump. Right. You know. And then you get into MTV rap, the MTV Raps era, which like yeah, so that was like like that took over. Yep. You know. Yeah. And I used to record Yom TV rap. Like I'd put my boombox up to the TV and oh, well. record. So that I had it, because back at that time, you know, this was like late 80s. Right. There wasn't really hip-hop stations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, like, I would have to record those bits so that I had access to hip-hop all yeah. the time. Yeah. God, know? I wish you still had those tapes. I know, I know. I know that there was a number of years ago I found one of those so original Yo! MTV tapes, but I couldn't tell you where it is now. Yeah. You know, when I think about like people who were really good in, in, at art when we were younger, there was always requests about like, can you draw this thing? I want Captain America with big tits or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, like was that, were you getting requests like that? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Were, like, it was always like naked chicks. Draw like a fucking big titty girl. Yeah, because the Sears awesome lingerie naked. catalog ain't yeah. doing it for me anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was that time. Yeah. 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 So uh, I remember when Victoria's Secrets hit the mailbox, it was like, over. What is this? Over sun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're getting you're so you're getting requests. Like were you ever like backlogged with requests? You're like, you just keep drawing tits. No, I just didn't do them. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not drawing that. You? You're like, I can give you Captain America with a big dick. How about that? Yeah, yeah. It's like that meme. Have you seen it? It's like, oh, I'll do the Sistine Chapel. He's like, I'll do it. Put a bunch of dicks on it. <laughs> Like Michelangelo, yeah. <laughs> like, which I'm sure he'd be like Michelangelo, be like, yeah, make it yeah, bigger. You great. <laughs> it's acceptable now. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and you know, and noticing that like women didn't translate to your art, not because you're misogynistic, but probably because you got way too many tit requests and you're over it. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, it was like pervy, right? Or mm -hmm. at least that's the way I saw it. Right. Well, I mean, the you people know. were like. You know, the kid, the dude, it was dudes requesting it. it wasn't right. like a chick on the playground. It was I like, I had hey. all these like other kids, like, yeah, draw fucking, oh, I'd be doing this. And so it was like, I didn't want to be perceived as a perv, so I didn't really fucking draw it. You Early know? on, too, that's that's like a thing to be self aware of is that you're like, I'm being, my art, I'm being really, this is my art, is serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm an artist. Yeah. Stop asking me to this hack shit. Art is here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's fucking hack fucking bullshit. Yeah. Fucking low brow. Do you think that now that's something also or you're kind of, you know, protective of, you know, how people perceive, you know, you're you're looking at them in a way where, um, I don't know, maybe you're you're thinking in a way that you're like, I don't want you ogling my shit or something or. No. I mean, now, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess with nudes and. And yeah. stuff. It's like a fine line between like taste and perversion. Right. You know? Yeah. So I'd prefer to be on the tasteful side than right. the perversion side. Um, and historically, you know, I was in uh, Spain and I w you know, we went to one of the most oldest historic cemeteries. I mean, it is miles long. And I noticed that beautiful sculptures, like insane. Like I have one of my favorite ones is an angel of death and you can see the skull, but they also have a veil mm, over it. It's dope. just bananas yeah. to think about how they did that. But all the angels were sexy. Like yeah. there wasn't one like angel with big like shoulders. Halloween. Yeah, there was I'm no sexy Harvey Crumb type of angel. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like they were all like hot chicks, yeah. all like the titties, like kind of, and the, you no know, like super thick bitches. Right, none. Yeah. And I just found that super interesting that like even these like 1600, 1800 like statues, people are still like, put some titties on this angel. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't even 
what? Like, you know, this is how you're perceiving women, not only like the way that we do with, you know, God's a man, uh, angels have to be all female, except that they're like, arc, you know, uh, uh, well, angels are, Archangel Michael. And, are androgynous, basically. I thought. I think. Are they? Well, how did they sleep with men, though? Angels? I think they're, that, isn't that a Greek thing? Okay. No, because it was like. Angels were fucking men in the Catholic, is that a thing? The angels were. Yeah, it was like the fallen angels slept mm. with the daughters of man, which would be humans. Right. And that's how we got like the Nephilim. What the fuck's a Nephilim? The Nephilim were like the hybrids of angels. And that's, so that's what led to the flood. The flood wasn't about killing humans, the flood was about killing God's abominations, which was the angels breeding with man. And creating the Nephilim. Interesting. So you, this is your early stages. You're finding your your solace, you know, like your comfort naturally. Not even that you're intentionally singing this out, but it's naturally coming yeah, to you. Yeah, it was not sought out. It's right. Just what it I just did. was happening. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until other people like pointed it out that I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, kind of going back to the music thing. It was like, oh, this band and this music and this group and that group. And people are like, what? You you're into that? Like, yeah. I don't even know anything about it. And I'm like, oh. Hmm. This is like, like a normal thing. Part of understanding how you're mastering this one talent, this talent that is specific. It doesn't touch a lot of people, right? Um, well, do you have? And I'm sure you've had this moment as you continuously evolve as an artist. You know, and whenever we level up, we're kind of like, oh fuck, I just this is just a moment for me where I'm like, I'm getting better and like I'm realizing these things. You know, would you say that you had those moments early on as well? where you're saying, like, oh, shit, like, I'm really good at this. Mm, I mean, I guess, yeah, just, uh, I guess, when I was compared to my peers, right. it was kind of realizations, like, oh, I'm right. better at this than most of my peers. What was the most recent moment where you had, where you're like, oh, fuck, I came from the street art level where I'm, like, bombing trains and, like, you know, tunnels and, you know, plush, you know, <laughs> and like I'm getting out at 3 a.m., you know, like, and, you know, like in all black, like where was mm -hmm. the moment where you're like, oh, I've transitioned from this, you know, to a renegade in the streets to now being like a fully professional paid artist? <laughs> um, most recently. The most, I mean, I've had few of the, you know, moments like that that are like, holy shit, I'm, you know, from there to here. Um, but the transition was organic. And it kind of like happened once I was kind of on the pro level. It's like it, then you were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. I just how? Whoa! How did I end up over here? Like I was. Yeah. I was just on my walk, and now I'm right. here. Like yeah. you know. And it, it, I guess compared to you know some other people, uh, it wasn't. I mean, it was always my path, so I just continued on it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't so much like, I'm going to achieve this or right, I'm going to do that right. as much as it's like, I'm just doing my thing. And, right. You know, and it's growing organically, like with the, you know, from the graffiti to the professional world, that all happened organically as well because it was just from us painting, you know? Yeah. Like, do you remember, like, Slope's Compound? on Absolutely. You know? So we were doing, like, those first Thursdays. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't even know who initiated that. Right. You know, I think there was a couple of the original ones where Slope was like, hey, I'm right here on South Congress. Yeah. And this is going on. Let's so do a cool. party. Yeah. And then Soup would come up yeah. eventually yeah. from San Antonio. Yep. And he'd like set up panels. And Nick Soup, right. Right. Yeah. And then we would just, just, we were just doing what we did. Right. And yeah. then so that started to get people's attention and 
and then it just slowly evolved. It wasn't ever like I sat out like the only thing I guess I'd sat out to do was not do corporate graphic design. Of course. Because I went to school and then like most people I graduated and I started working like regular kind yeah. of art corporate jobs. Right. And then after a couple years of doing that, I was like, it was soulless. I wasn't doing my own art. Right. I was spending all day doing art for these companies. To get paid. To get paid. And then right. I'd come home and I was drained. And I was like, fuck this. Like, I I don't want to do, you know, brochures and whatever the fuck. I want to do Victoria's Secret brochures. I got to airbrush these models and make them super thin. <laughs> so that, you know, so that's like my only real that I can say was like overt was like, all right, I'm quitting this job and mm -hmm. I'm going to be a barista mm -hmm. until I figure this out. Well, you were making coffee. You know, you can make some coffee. You yeah, could, you could go do some latte coffee. art for me. Yeah. Where were you doing barista work at? I was just at fucking Starbucks and like. Dope. Wow, I can't see that. The little we were in the apron. Were people yeah, mad at you for holiday? Dude, apron. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they mad at you for the holiday cups? Were we getting angry at that point? This was like early Starbucks. We were still doing freedom fries, so nobody was like, really yeah, mad. This, but we like hadn't said, moved This was our like two thousand two, so yeah. it was like Starbucks was not like huge. Yeah. You yeah. know. Right. But like that was like the first job I had when I switched from. Mm -hmm. I remember because I, it was just first thing I had a friend who worked there. Was like you get paid this much and you get a fucking pound of coffee a week. I was wow, like, wow, Word. that's dope. Yeah. No, and back then it was like ten bucks an hour. Right. Did they, does Starbucks have different roasts? This is. A, I'm sorry, you can be really bored, do. but like, but the reason why did. I ask is because it, it, it. I think it is shit coffee. Like, it is shit. absolutely shit coffee. But yeah. can I tell you that when I was 13, I went to Seattle with my mother, and. Um, she, we had Starbucks, like, and I was like, you know, of course, I'm 13. What do I know? But I was yeah. like, this is really good coffee. She liked it. She's a heavy coffee drinker. Yeah. Um, and we were coming back from the little Starbucks espresso cup and like <laughs> drinking at the bus stop. Like I was like, me, I was like 13, <laughs> trying to be somebody. But um, I specifically recall like being stoked when it became a chain. Again, young didn't know, and I was like, this isn't what I tasted. Like, yeah. You know, this is gross. And my yeah, palate wasn't advanced then. I was still thinking Subway sandwiches were delicious. Right. So like, I feel like I could tell. You know, the corporation came through, bled through, d diluted the product. Yeah. Right? Probably. I mean, I've heard that to this day that like a few of the spots in Seattle are still really good. Wow, I would but, like to go check that out. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Probably plenty just of other find spots it. in well, like, I'm looking for. I'm going through like yeah. all the Starbucks looking for. Yeah, yeah. So it's like every block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like jacked nope. off of a this bad one. coffee, wanting to get in fights and shit. Yeah. So I just worked a menial job just so I had that energy to yeah. focus on art rather than. So you know, we 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 were in Oaxaca. There's an interview that's already out with Yeska, who is a you know Oaxaca born and bred street artist, now like you know professional artist. And we were having a discussion. You know, I had asked, you know, what is your advice to people who are doing art and want to keep going? And maybe they're younger, maybe they're older. You know, it doesn't matter, right? Like, it's, at some point, you're like, I need to keep doing this. And him, similar to what you've said now, is you know, don't think about money. Just yeah. think because when you start thinking about money, you're no longer thinking about your art. Yeah. And I love that he said that because I feel that that tends to be a common thread in people that I interview is that, you know, you, as an artist, you're thinking about survival, but also trying to, maybe it's not even trying, but getting into the flow of, you know, this is who I am and it being really organic. Yeah. I think there's different artists have different sort of paths in that way. I mean, if money is your concern. Right. But then I feel like a lot of that's short lived, right? Right. Because you can pigeonhole yourself too. It's like, okay, this is what sells. Right. 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 Like, uh, you know, in Texas, you know, doing 
you know, live, laugh, love, right? So you're like, you're doing that to make money because you know this is a niche. Yeah. But then you get stuck in that niche. Right. And if you start producing landscapes, then people are like, oh, no, I know you for this. I want right. that. Right. People want familiarity. You know? Whereas if you, you know, if you're true, I can't say true artist, but like, I think people who are just born and have always done it, like, you know, we kind of, like, we have to do things to make money, but, like, ultimately, the money is just to produce us to continue doing our yeah. thing, you yeah. know? And, like, I've kind of tried to cultivate that in a way with my art where I'm getting hired more for my, you know, for me than mm -hmm. for, like, mm -hmm. basically being a human printer. Right, right, know? yeah. Being so, part of the machine. Right. Like, so that allows me to keep my artistic voice mm -hmm. and grow yeah. as an artist as well. You know. uh, a few years ago, I was doing podcasts for Dub Academy, and it was called the Dub Pod Great Podcast. Yeah, you can only find, like, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a good time. And I got to interview Craze. Bird Peterson had hooked us up, and he was like, Craze is going to be my in town. Was Come through. You guys. That's right. It was great studio. Yeah. God, long live that place. Well, you know, when our friends were running it. I remember Miles was like, can you paint a DJ? I was like, can I paint a DJ? <laughs> With my eyes closed. <laughs> my hands behind my back. Right and everything. Do my left foot situation yeah. when I'm painting a DJ. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, but, you know, I had asked him at one point, it was something about, oh, it was daily routine stuff. Like, mm. what do you do? You know, what's your, what's your daily routine? When you wake up, what happens? And he was like, you know, I get up, I take my kids to school, I smoke a fat joint, get a cup of coffee, and he's like, and then I do whatever it is I want to do. I do whatever it is I want to do. And I was like, what? You know, like, my mind at the time was like, you're not beholden to a specific schedule or like to a specific thing, again, talking about the money to live. And as I kept interviewing different artists, that kept coming up. I mean, there wasn't one artist that I, asked that question that didn't answer a different way. Hmm. They were saying, I keep true to what, you know, I, I do what I want. Yeah. I'm keeping true to what Basically. I want. And you know, I think that that comes into, you know, not to get into the monetizing part of it, but even though people want familiarity and they may want to be like, well, keep doing the landscapes or keep doing, you know, this thing, essentially what they still want is uniqueness mm. because Everybody has uniqueness, but they're not all able to tap into that. Mm -hmm. And so when they see that in somebody, they, you know, I think that that connects them as well. Yeah. I also think the only way to be unique is to just do your thing. Right. I like think Nike. too many people try to emulate other things, mm -hmm. which, you know, like, like I hate when I, people bring up that, like, that old, like, good artist steal, great artist, you know, whatever. Oh, right, 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 right. Because they misinterpret it, and what they're doing is they're biting, and then using that as an excuse for biting. And it's like, no, when you steal something, it becomes yours, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you make it your own thing. You know, that was a, a big thing. So great for artist me, copy. Was that great artist copy? Yeah, because you have good to, artist copy. Great it's artist. It's the know the rules to break them. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Right. So when you steal, like if I stole your bike, mm -hmm. then. I'm putting my own rims on it, da 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 da, da and it becomes my it's bike. It's a base, right? It's a baseline of it's, like what I. But the frame was right. taken from you, but when it's all said and done with and you see me on that bike, you don't know that, hey, that was Misa's bike. Yeah. This is a whole new bike. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It's felonious but, activity, but still, yes. Right. <laughs> but I think that's where a lot of people misinterpret that Absolutely. quote is like they're copying. Right. 
And it's like, no, 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 you're, you're not stealing, you're copying, which is exactly what the phrase is saying right. not to do. Well, it's a subconscious thing, too. You know, like, in, again, like, you know, I was just talking to Chorizo last week, and we were talking about, um, you know, breaking those boundaries and being able to confidently step outside of them when you're pigeonholed into, like, hip-hop culture, early, I mean, early on, you know what I mean? I don't, I, it's hard for me to understand where hip-hop culture is now, but when we were, you know, doing Plush in, like, the, the, in the, like from the 90s up until mid-2000s, even though there was a lot of positive centric, Afrocentric, you know, um, reaffirming, re reaffirming like types of lyrics and sociopolitical lyrics, which seems you know really free and to break out of individualistic thinking, there was still constriction on who you can be. Like I recall when tight when we went from hip hop loose jeans to tight jeans, it was everyone was mad about it. And I mentioned like in this last interview, like Lil Wayne somehow broke that mold for us, which is surprising, because I was like, I don't like Little Wayne, because I was, you know, <laughs> stuck in this whole, like, you know, gotta do Blueprint and RJD2, like, it's got this real hip-hop type of situation, not understanding that I, too, was, you know, in this box. And with breakdancing, it was something similar, where I love, I'm gonna put my beer down to do this movement, but it was like, I remember, you know, when you're in a cypher and you're battling somebody, there's a lot of mental game that goes into it. And sometimes you're doing something and they would do this, which means that you're biting a move. Mm. And I would get that, but I'd be doing like a six step, which is like the most basic, basic. break dance yeah, yeah. move. And I was like, and I, so now I'm battling somebody and I'm down on the ground and I'm trying to get through it. They're saying that I'm biting. Now I'm in my head and I'm like, I wanna bite in the fucking six. And I'm like, I'm trying to like do a whole thing. And you know, it took me years to understand that the way that I learned was by watching, because mm -hmm. there was nobody really taking me off to the side. Every once in a while they did, but I was kind of like hated in that scene for a while. Um, and I had to sit there and watch people. And I, and I still recall like moves that I did and like styles that I tried to get into because I respected these dancers. And it's not, you know, anybody who's hearing this who is a break dancer, any of these people that hated me back then, Stay, stay tuned because when I watch, <laughs> such a, there's so many great hand moves. Also, going the masculinity thing, there's always a suck my dick move. And as a woman, I oh, can't yeah, do that. Oh, yeah, that one, I love That's that. That's so one. good, me too. I love it, I do. Um, I was watching, uh, what? It wasn't B Boy, it was um, Fresh, The Freshest Kids. Oh, uh -huh. oh, I fucking love that documentary. Yeah. And, you know, there was old school dancers saying, like, well, I would watch B-Boy Spy. And so he's like, so sometimes, I think it may have been, like, Crazy Legs, maybe he was saying this. And he's like, sometimes if you see me with my hat and I have it a certain way, I'm imitating Spy. Sure. You know, and so it's like, this is something that is part of human condition where we have to, right? Like, we have to kind of, again, understand those rules so we can break them. Right. It kind of goes back to the bike analogy, right? Yeah. It's like... That frame right. is what I built, you know, like even in some of my old, you know, like my B-boy characters, right, mm -hmm. that I'm known for, like graph-wise, like the eyebrows, like they go up and are all kinky. Those are basically ripped from Hex, you know, so like the, you know, so that style, my B-boy style right. characters were like, I took Hex's characters right. and then I made them my characters. Right, yeah. So it's like if you really, really know you know, graph characters and sort of the lineage of like the Muggsy and then Hex and yeah. Slick and Mode yeah. 2 and all that, you'll be able to see, I mean, hopefully I've done it in a way where you really have to know like, oh, okay, I know where this comes from or yeah. whatever, but I've turned yeah. it into my own thing where you don't know right off the bat, 
Yeah. But you know that it has this element. Right. Like, oh, that's a graph character. Yeah. But you don't necessarily know why, you know, and it's those things that I've pulled, but then I've done it my way and, like, you know, yeah. turned it into my character. And it's an homage in a way, right? Like, um, like a few years ago, I was going to Houston for a B-Boy jam. I was waiting. There was, like, a train coming, and I saw a next piece that was done in his style, but it was R.I.P. Next. Okay. So it was someone who was able to emulate his style as, you know, again, like this homage to him. And next, N-E-X-T, N-E-K-S-T is, mm -hmm. you know, really, you know, huge graph artist who passed away. Um, also, nice. side note in there, I saw one of his pieces in Detroit when I was like there a few oh, years ago sick. too, is he did a rooftop. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, there's a next piece here. And it's great to capture because, you know, like they're gone, mm -hmm. right? Just like trophy, I see trophy like around town. Yeah, Rest in peace, trophy. yep. Um, but then also, you know, part of the graph culture is being able to not only understand someone's style, but also when you're able to see their names, like I said, with I saw next in a different state. And like, you know, if I go by, if I, anytime I get stuck at a train, I don't, I'm not upset because I know I'm going to like watch. Invention, yeah. Dude, dude, all, yeah. And it's like, oh, I can, and if I, I can take barely photos, go down Mopac without being like, oh, 100%. Somebody 100%. Wheel. Yeah. No, anytime there's a traffic and there's a train goes by, I'm like, thank you. Yeah, and I can yeah. just sit there. And, you know, recently I've been seeing like, what, are they called marriages when you do an entire car and it's like oh, two cars done car. together? Yeah, a whole oh, okay, car. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a whole car as a marriage. Maybe that's what it is. Um, but yeah, I've been like, and I hadn't seen a marriage in years yeah, yeah. And so it almost seems as if similar to acid how it kind of came back in full force right like it's good again and so like you know again I've been looking for full cars for years and I'm seeing them pop up again which is just great yeah I don't I mean I'm not a huge train guy I've done my share but I'm we not absolutely have not a huge like I have friends that are like that's their thing still doing it right know? well and that's like their right bag like yeah. they're fucking train guys yeah they'll yeah. come do a piece with us but they'd rather be doing trains you know totally and I think that that's kind of like a thrill-seeking thing to an, a, a, the, yeah. you know what I mean like you gotta I, I mean you gotta get wire cutters or bolt cutters you gotta fucking army well, crawl in you know <laughs> some I mean it just depends on your yard I mean I got guys that have like day spot yards where they can just go and chill and wow you know I mean so it just depends yeah. you know I, mean, I think the street bombers is more of that Mm -hmm. Like, you mm -hmm. know, you got to be fucking ninja in the middle of the night, you know, kind yeah. of shit. Trains can be, you know, some train yards are stricter like that where you got to go at night and be sneaky. Some, like I said, you know, some people have them in different parts of the country where it's mad chill. Yeah. You know, I've heard of guys, you know. Getting a job at the train yard so they can let their friends in. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I've heard of guys, though, that, you know, they have spots where they can literally basically, like, grill and, like, just paint that's dope. you know yeah and then you know a lot has changed over the years i don't think the you know i could be wrong but i don't think the the bulls are as tough as they used to be um you know we've learned a lot about how to kind of uh prep a train first so that you know your stuff's gonna stay up you know yeah yeah keeping the numbers up and stuff right. like that so uh, do you recall um, years ago, I, mean, I think this was like 2003, when the New York subsidy, like the subway went down, like there was like down for a couple of days. And so all of these graph artists from around the world immediately booked yeah. flights to New York because the tunnels were open because the train system was down. Yeah. And so like, I remember asking one of my friends, I was like, where's, you know, your boyfriend, whatever. And she's like, oh, he went to New York train system somehow went down. It's happening for a few days. And so everybody globally went down there to like bomb the entire tunnels. Yeah, yeah. I can love that shit. I heard, I mean, I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but, like, they won't even let the train pull out. Like, if you bomb it 
in New York, like they'll decommission that train till it's clean. It's fucking so stupid. it won't even run the line. It's so dumb. So it's really just a picture thing. Yeah. You know, and a, we did it. That's unfortunate because when I, I think about. I could be wrong though. Like I said, that's not my. Not entirely certain. I hope they don't because it's like when you think <laughs> about, you know, the, I think a lot of conversation right now, obviously, is gentrification. And, you know, when people talk about New York, you know, that is New York is seen like that's graffiti. And it's important for a city to have it. You know, people think it's a nuisance, but it's 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 not. And then again, again, my opinion, his opinion, whatever. Put it in your mouth, I know that's your opinion. <laughs> um, uh, similar to, you know, in Austin, we're trying to cultivate this urban, you know, subculture of sorts, where I'm like, you have to see these things because people who are transplants and are coming here, they're coming here for a specific reason. They're like usually leaving small towns, you like leaving really whitewashed towns in like the Midwest or something. And people have that dream of being in this big city and what isn't part of the big city except for like subcultures or what makes it the yeah. city. You know, it's not the corporations. I know that there's the big apple or whatever, but like people aren't leaving the city, like their hometowns to go to Manhattan to live in like a corporate, you know, button up world. They're like trying to get into the goalie of it. And so, you know, the thing I like about Austin right now is that I'm seeing some of these young cats come up. Their hand styles and like their, you know, their letters, not that great. However, they're hitting rooftops. They're getting up. They're, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're yeah. like, they're doing overpass signs and like that shit's dangerous, yeah. you know? There's a few kids that I'm like, yeah, you go. For There's sure. a few other kids where I'm like, you're doing it. The, and that's it. why, like, if you see that, if you're not somebody who's into graffiti culture. Some of those culture, two are, like, roll down, like, where it's yeah. just a paint roller. Right. And they're just hanging over the top I and rolling it. I think about that like way. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, again, like, so. if you're, like, that's a nuisance. Like, think that you, when you see these pieces, you have to appreciate the difficulty of it, which also, like, brings into the conversation about, you know, going into, you know, I was talking with one of my friends, and he was mad about, it was the banana tape duct, or duct tape situation. And he was like, what was this? And I was like, but is it making you feel? That's art, you yeah. know? And I was like, that is art. And I know that we had talked about this earlier. It's and money we had, laundering. It's money laundering is what it truly, truly yeah, it's is. It's actually, money laundering. it's actually money laundering. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I love you know, How do you product. fucking deal with the art? Like, hey, I need to send you 1.2 It's million, lazy money blah, laundering, blah, blah, too, blah, blah, blah. which I do. I respect you know. money laundering if it wasn't, like, the 50% rough number of the global economy is black market. It is money laundering. Um, I mean, they do it with film and music. All of it, and, right, you know for sure. I mean? And it was like, you know, that's lazy money laundering, which you is know, like, there's again, so much black money in, in, in film and music, mostly music, absolutely. too, that people have no The idea. Italians, you know, like, for sure, they're fucking hella laundry money. There was, like, a, a Ryan Reynolds uh, movie that came out in the, during the pandemic, and I was, like, trying to watch it, love Ryan Reynolds. I was like, this movie's fucking trash. This is a straight up money laundering movie. Yeah. And there's like this whole slew of films that came out from Italy, which I'm like definitely sure it's like a money laundering situation. Yeah, yeah. Which, bring it back to 9-11, HSBC was actually money laundering for Al-Qaeda and they were hit with a fine like a few years ago because it was discovered that they were the ones that were like laundering the money for them. They, there mm. was evidence for it, but they didn't, they turned a blind eye because they're holding the money and that's good for their profit yeah, yeah. and their shareholders yeah. and all of that. And we get in, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we yes. But like again, I, I digress. <laughs> the you know the the banana and the and the you know the masking tape thing and like thinking about you know how art is also used in this black market way because it bleeds into everything. So you know I want to move into music, but oh wait, we, wait, yeah. So we I wanted to bring you back to something. Please do. We were talking about uh, when you were talking about people moving into the urban centers right. for the subculture. Right. Now some people don't like all the graffiti and the tags mm -hmm. and the this and the that. 
But you'd hit on something just before that that to me is my take on all of it, right? Is when you were talking about next. Mm -hmm. So to me as a graffiti artist is like seeing that tag of like that's so-and-so. Yeah. So most, you know, and I think that's where people get it wrong. I've had this so many times over the years. People are like, oh, when they find out I do graffiti, oh, you know, like, I love all that pretty shit, but I don't like the little scribbles. And it's like, yo, those scribbles are the essence, right? 100%. And imagine, I go, look at it like this. Once you start to know, imagine walking down the street and you look at an electrical box and it's got a Picasso. Feels so good. Well, it's got a Picasso signature. 100%. And you're like, yo, Picasso was right there. He right. did that. Right. So to me, that's, you know, next yeah. or Jabber or whoever, you know, is like, yo, that's yeah. fucking so-and-so. Yeah. Like, that's dope, you know? Yeah. And you know they were there and did that. And, and, and that's the connection part of it, you know, that we've, we've kind of touched on it earlier. It, it, you know, when we're thinking about the community, like, community has to have connections. So whether you're into you know, this culture or not, you, if you do notice and you appreciate it, then you are connected because you have that recognition and there is something that kind of lights up in you. I have a friend that, you know, we both like King Baby. Like, we'll see King Baby tags around and like, you know, like the black letters. And yeah, so like, yeah. you know, we'll send each other whenever we see a King Baby in like different cities and stuff. And yeah. we like, you know, we have this connection too. Where we're like, it's so funny. And that you're absolutely right. I collect photos of hand styles. I love people's different hand styles. And when I go to other cities and I see that they were there, I also feel like, oh shit, you know, like they were here as well. Right. I was in Germany, I was in Berlin, and I saw, fuck, who was it? I don't think it was Vomit, but it was somebody, you know, it was oh, someone. Spot, maybe. Was it Spot or Pause? I think I he think... may have been Pause. It was Pause. Yeah, because yeah. I think he. I heard he moved to Germany or something. Shit, yeah, I, we were in um, this old abandoned, what was it called? But it was a, basically a spy center that they would use. And now it's like an artist commune. You can take tours in there and everything, but everyone's tagged it up. Yeah. So I'm in Berlin and I see this like, and I'm like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. But it is that, you know, like it's like you're going global. Like That's anytime like you travel, dope. you're like, oh shit. 100%. You know? Yeah. And also too, like the thing with tags is because it's the most accessible and sort of your first step into graffiti, there's obviously a lot more trash. Yeah. You know, so you gotta sift through a lot more of it and there's a lot more bullshit, but those good tags are yeah. like the best. Like I, also I'll take on. a fucking ill hand style over an ill piece any fucking Absolutely day. Absolutely that. God, I just you like, know? when I look at it, I can just, it's like feeling the lines of it. Yeah. I was in San Francisco with a friend and I was taking some photos of things and he's like, a con he's like a contrarian to like the heart of him and I was like well those are good letters he's like you don't know what you're talking about and I was like oh don't get me started and like <laughs> of course I got started and I was like look at the da, da, da. And I'm going through it and I'm like the the looking at a good hand style makes me feel something like it's almost like the smooth series in Ghost when like fucking Patrick Smooth <laughs> yeah, was just fucking, yeah like I can like it's, it's just like it's this tactile feeling of like how smooth yeah. the paint came out of the marker like, the well, flow like of the music curves. right it's like rhythm and flow and style and you know and even if somebody's got like a punk rock edgier style but the only way to have a good hand style is to do it a million times yeah it's a Bruce you know, Lee. you can't have a dope hand style and do it part-time yeah like and it translates yeah and it's weird it's one of those like I know a good hand style where the average person probably like what you were just saying, where they have no idea. And yeah. you're like, no, that's fucking sick. 
Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be what we call funk. You know, yeah. some of them can be like a Remio, for example. Like he's got a real kind of grimy take, right. you know, but it's dope. It's unique. You know, whereas then you've got like a twist, which is like the <sighs> ill, funky chisel yeah. tip. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. that's more visually pleasing, even though, you know, the Remio is still fucking dope. So I think it's one of those like as you start to learn, you're able to kind of decipher. And then also too, sort of the application. Um, you know, some, you know, like the twist, right? I brought that up. That's a chisel tip. So that's going to kind of lend itself to a different flow and rhythm than, say, a mini can or, yeah. you know, a yeah. mop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then there's those elements to consider when judging a hand style as yeah. well. It's like what they were using right. to achieve it. Yeah. You know, a fucking... There's some markers that bleed constantly. Some know? are like, <laughs> yeah, super drippy. Yeah. Some are fucking, you know, smooth and buttery. Mm. Some are fucking... You know, like a like a semi-dry chisel tip can be fucking dope as fuck, you know? Yeah. But it's the artist, not the tool, right? And we were talking right, about right. this earlier before we started. It was like, you know, you're using Reason right now in your production. And even though Reason is an old program, like, you're still able to make dope stuff. And, we're, mm -hmm. you know, like I was saying that Boom Baptist, who we interviewed you know, a couple weeks ago as well, mentioning that Ninth Wonder still uses Fruity Loops. That's and when so he wild. first came out, you know, that everyone was blowing, they were like, I can't believe this person made it on Fruity Loops, right? Yeah. And they're like, he's still using that. Yeah. And so it's like that, you know, going back into old adages of like, it's not the artist, it's the tool yeah, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And that took me, like, with music that, like, we were talking about earlier, that took me a while to kind of get over. Yeah. You know? Because once I started getting back in and went back into Reason, because I'd left it for a while, mm -hmm. like, that kind of, at this point in my life, I'm like, dude, it's about what I can make. It's not about what I'm using. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're not downloading a CD or listening to Spotify and going, hmm, he used fucking Fruity Loops. Like, yeah, you're right. just no, listening 100%, to it. Right, no, 100%. Absolutely know? that. You yeah. don't know what he used. Yeah. As long as the outcome is good, you know. And even I think that when people, like, are able to detect it, and they're impressed. They're like, oh, shit. You know, like, they actually did all of this on that. Yeah. And that also can spark, you know, inspiration in somebody as well and, like, going back to old tools and being like, well, what else can I do with this? We're yeah. incorporating that into, like, their production. And it's fun, right? Because if it's not that advanced, you're still trying to figure out, well, like, how can I tweak that out? Like, going back into music, um, you know, you were talking about, okay, well, like, I'm listening to pop. I'm beginning to get into Yo MTV Raps. Yo MTV Raps is what begins to open up, and all of like the music networks, right? Like VH1 comes after that, MTV, 24-hour actual music, not like weird fucking reality shows. <laughs> and you're, it's opening, it's the gateway to understanding other genres, mm -hmm. you know? And so you are, you know, you do drum and bass, you do garage, mm -hmm. you do house. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was like your major three staples IDM. on IDM. Which is, wait, explain, because I always get this mixed up with IDM and, like, intelligent drum and bass, and, like, what would what would be in the IDM genre? You know, Aphex Twin. Oh, of course, yes. Music, okay. Auditor. Yeah, right. Like, basically, Warp Records and Reflex. Right, Brain right. Dance. Well, I think that that was, like, a really funny conversation to have between the IDM when that was, like, I remember hearing that first in the early 2000s, and... Mm -hmm not understanding how to catalog it. Because I was like, well, there's drum and bass, there's Ronnie Size, right? Which yeah. I was like, and, I, and there was Jungle. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, what is the difference between these things and couldn't break that down? So now hearing that it is Aphex Twin who did drum and bass, but he also just kind of spread across different genres and made 
like ambient. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like that. And some of that, like some of that Aphex Twin drum and bass, like they call that drill and bass. Like, so now you can get into all the like. I love it. The subgenres like <laughs> drill it. and bass. Yeah. And then, you know, IDM, which is like then, because before it was IDM, we called it left field or abstract. Didn't even know. And then, then like, IDM kind of popped up, yeah, like you said, around like 2000, I'd say. Mm -hmm. It just kind right. of, and like the, the IDM people didn't really like that name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. Never decided on one, though, because, it, again, like it was such a, you know, broken genre of like, it was just kind of going all over the map, right? It was kind of, it's unique. It was like a break, like, because you had like those genre specifics like this is jungle and right. then within or drum and bass and then within big jungle was had its moment also big, big beat, beat which was right. basically just breaks but right like slow down so and then yeah. you had florida breaks and then <sighs> you had stop i love you know what i mean love it. i do <laughs> big beat and then you know what i mean yeah, so yeah, they yeah, had yeah. those splinters and so like with drum and bass and jungle you had like liquid and neurofunk and da -da 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 -da. liquid drum and bass is making a, a good comeback I'm doing yeah. a, a trap mix right now that ends in liquid drum and bass. It's really beautiful. Tight. Uh, I know. I'm really psyched about it. I'm almost done with it. Um, so, yeah. So, the IDM came from the left field, mm -hmm. abstract field, and sort of what they would call electronica. And electronica was... Like, so... I remember was, liking electronica. I like. I get think I liked that term. And, yeah. like, you know, yeah. So, electronica in the 90s, to me, was more of, like, the mainstreamier like vocals and stuff that were kind of in these you know they had these genre pockets like uh, born slippy maybe born slippy no um i'd say more like olive you're not alone oh right <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. you know the more of the poppy <laughs> kind of i heard somebody spin that out when we were in oaxaca there was this oh, tunnel really? rave. yeah they did a few like old tracks on vinyl too yeah. and me and bob went and gromit and we lost our minds. Uh, yeah, we have some video That's of it. That's what I would think more like electronic is, or electronica would be, or like the Bjork stuff. Yeah, like definitely. Kind yeah. of pop. And yeah. they have elements of these subgenres, but they're not like, yeah. this is a house tune. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And then IDM and Left Field was more like that way, but not pop, mm -hmm. where it's mm -hmm. trying to be more about music, and then they're kind of using they're kind of walking the line with some of these genres. It's like math rock for electronic right <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah it's like how can we explore totally. this it's not right, right. You know, so it's We're like really musical and abstract melodic, jazz right but then that's where you get all the, like the stutter glitch drums and stuff right. which would be like the math rock element right right, right. Like, yeah you know, yeah you know totally. and adding those with these like complex and beautiful you know chord progressions and sonic arrangements mm. So like I was really big into that mostly because of like just the newness of it and the realness, like the creativeness of it. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was musical, whereas like you know something like House or Jungle is like this is dance floor or this yeah. is energy orientated. Right, right, where right, like right. IDM is like I could put headphones on or I could listen to it while I'm doing art and whatever. Yeah, and it was like. You know, able it's to very be very cerebral. Head. Right, right, way right. more cerebral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't anything I necessarily played out. Right. I did have a radio show for a short time where I played where? some of it. With who? Co-op uh, or? No, in San Marcos. Oh shit. San Marcos. Uh, nice. Was it college radio station? College I love radio, college yeah, radio, yeah. man. The I show think... is called Sonic Impressions. Good name. Which. Hmm? 
That no, was actually too long. not the okay. name I came up with. I my name was uh, Bliss Contingency. Were you the guy that thought about the, what was the tits thing? I was like, was that no, you? No, Did no. you spread it off? Were you yeah. the friend that thinks you? Right. <laughs> so they're both long names. But yeah, so that radio show was more based around like IDM and left field music. So I was playing like Amos Tobin, yeah, 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 Quartet, yeah. and Autiker and stuff like that. Yeah. Perfuse 73, it was like right so when much. Perfuse hit. Yeah, so I was like, dude. So I was like, on that tip, that was what, like 2001? Mm -hmm. So it was like Perfuse machine drum, that early machine drum stuff yeah. was like kind of glitch. They would mm -hmm. call it glitch hop now. Wagon but Christ, at that time, LTJ Wagon Christ, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So LTJ, I think more of like liquid drum and bass. Okay. But yeah. like Wagon Christ was definitely more on the IDM yeah. side. Um, Luke Alias Viber. and Tarzier, which uh, Ben and I connected on like a while yeah. back, where we were like, he's like, I didn't know anybody else listened to that. Yeah. I was like, I fucking listened to that. It made me think. Some <laughs> that was like shit. me and Hobo with uh, with Musi. Like, we were over at his house one night. Oh, shit. Partying. Oh, my God. And fucking, he's like, put that record on. I was like, dude. Wait, Hobo what? Mouth or Hobo D? Hobo D. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have two friends that are called Hobo something. Hobo Mouth, I don't know if he. Listen to much electronic music. He might. Like, that's what I was going to say. Is like, he's one of those dudes where you're like, oh, shit. Like, you know, you, he's just, he's like, he's an onion. He's yeah, like, yeah, He's yeah, a yeah. blooming onion. Of <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> There's so many layers. I there. know that much. Yeah. But I think he's kind of one of those, like, electronic music from the sidelines because of Absolutely. all of the friends he's he has. definitely weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to uh, make beats with him. Like me and my Did friend you? Greg and Nathan Jones. Yeah, we would all like oh. we would hang out on an old MPC and Ace Ten. I That's saw and I liked it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Hobo Mouth Allen, we love you. Yeah. Look at us. Love you, Allen. We love you. Listen, <laughs> bud. Um, Hobo. Hobo. Hobo D. Yeah, <laughs> where the fuck have you? You're old. You in and out, Hobo D. We were supposed to do lunch today, actually. That's fucked up, and he he didn't he he bailed. I didn't call. Oh, it's fine. You bailed. It's fine. <laughs> He's, yeah. uh, so you know, so you, you know the idea. You're not really spinning out, but that's something where you can meditate on. You can like have that fun, yeah, right? Yeah. And boards of Canada and shit. Yep, you know? definitely love them. So that's like shit that I like to listen to, like sometimes in my studio. Or Absolutely, whatever. yeah. Because it's just like I, I can zone out and fucking. Yeah, paint. I have a whole playlist where I know there's IDM in there. Like there's definitely uh, like um, Blue Sky Black Death. There's a lot of them in there. Um, Blue Sky, Black Death. Yeah. You would love. You would yeah. love. Uh, dude, great, great. Uh, they're no longer together, but amazing. Like every album, just a banger. But I have to have like that kind of thing, and that, that really opens me up creatively. Yeah, like yeah. you know, the editing photos, or like you know, doing some work. Like I have to kind of have like I don't know what it is. It's really good. intelligent. <laughs> IDM. <laughs> it is though. Like it's it's good and meditative. Smart one. Um, did you even do like techno? Like, were you ever? Cause I love techno. Yeah, I always talk about it. But like, I feel like I was trying to tell you about a techno mix earlier, and I was like, I think Mez will kind of understand how dope this is. I mean, I get it. Yeah, but yeah. It just was never my thing. It's not as much in that. You know, I'm noticing the genres that we were talking about with drum and bass and jungle and you know, and, and garage and house. That's a soulfulness to it. Bass. Yeah, bass. You know, yeah, there's still a soulfulness in there. Broken like, beat. You know, that's where I do some house, and I like some techno, but... Techno's aggressive. The fourth floor is just... For me, to, techno is just too minimal. Mm, I, I love that. Else, Dude, I know? fucking... I, like, I've talked about this, like, so many times, where I'm like... Two I'll, hours of fucking... With just, like, a little God. change, and I, like, will be in a spot where I'm like, I fucking fuck it. I just... I like them changes that kick you in the face. When did you start doing... Did you DJ or produce first? Oh, DJ. You DJ yeah. first. Yeah, what was it? How did you get in there? Um, I got into DJing, well, 
because I saw like scratching and shit. Totally. And I was yeah. like, oh, I want to do that. And so like my first turntables I ordered, it was like 94, 95. And I ordered like a beginner pack from Upstairs Records in New York. And yeah. it was like two belt drive. Was it Newmark or was Gemini. it like it was Gemini. Gemini? Did Gemini still make? I don't think Me so. Me neither. I yeah. Seen I Gemini remember them being shit though, but you that's what that, yeah, that was like what you had to have. Gemini right. belt drives on a little two channel Gemini mixer with like a transform button, which you yep. know. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so that's how I started it. Then in high school, I after I bought those, because I didn't know much about mixing, so I bought a um, Boss DR660 drum machine. Oh shit. And I would make beats and then like do little, you know. Yeah. Wow, so you're like connecting, you're connecting like the, you know, the best the I could beats, at that right? Time. Well, I mean, that's still like you know? an advanced then, thing. Then I got a Roland 303 Groove Box. Stop, love them. And uh, started learning how to program drums that way. And then. One of my favorite DJs when I go to raves would be doing that, right? They'd have a Roland, they'd have their table set up. And sometimes it was like four turntables yeah, and like, yeah. you know, the sampler and like the beat machine. And like, I would just stand there and like, just be in fucking awe yeah. about how cool that was. I was on drugs. I, oh, I was, on, <laughs> I was on drugs. But it was like, my thing was like going there, you know, like I think before I took my drugs, I'd go and like check it out and watch it, take some drugs and then dance all night long. And um, yeah, but I was like, you know, definitely going up there. I was never a speaker freaker. I was never like in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I heard somebody talking about this the other day, and it's true, where back in the 90s, like, we didn't even look at the DJ. Mm -hmm. Like, they were there. Unless you were, like, kind of right DJing up. or, like, kind of nerding about it. Like, I know that yeah. I would go up there and Most watch them, and there's, like, like, five other people watching Our back watching was it. to the DJ, and it was, like, a dance circle. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I divided my time between time, those. I didn't even know what they looked like. Oh, I was, dude. I was, I was like, that was a dope set. The first time I saw Green <laughs> Velvet up up close, and I got and that's who I was also watching. Cause he was doing a live PA, and he was doing all the voices. It was at Austin Music Hall, oh, and I, I lost oh, yeah. my shit. So I remember watching also Charles Feelgood, mm -hmm. um, and you know, watching the DJ. Like I'm watching him mix, and there was a big beach ball that comes over, and it's about to hit his deck, and he fucking immediately like flips the crossfader over to the next track because it's going to fuck up that track. Beats were already matched, and he, like, hits the beach ball. Sick. And I'm like, I... Everybody lost their shit. <laughs> only the few people that were watching it, which one yeah. <laughs> was me. And I was like, I st again, that was, like, 20-something years ago, and I still yeah. think about how fucking dope that was. Um, yeah, so, you know, we're... So you're using the beat machine, now you're DJing, and, you know, are you in Austin at that point? You're still in no, Dallas? I was Houston. You're in Houston. Yeah. Okay, great place to be for music yeah. also during that time. And so, like, that's, you know, Jungle is what led me. So hip-hop led me to Jungle, mm -hmm. and then Jungle led me to House. How did you get into Jungle from hip-hop? So a uh, friend of the family is Charlie Pride, which is, like, a country music singer. Wow. His manager is British. Okay. John. And so it was probably 94. Uh, John's son, Nick, came over from England to visit. And, you know, I'm like going off on hip hop and he's like, have you ever heard of Jungle? And I was like, no, what's that? And he's like, so we had to go out to the car so that we didn't piss off the parents. And he pops in this tape that was recorded from pirate radio. So it had like the MCs over it and everything. Mm -hmm. It's got and the that fidelity was, also that's yeah. kind of, oh, it's like crackly. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah. matter. That sounds good, right? Like, it's just, ugh. Game over. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo. 
this? What is this? And that was it. That was the jungle. Right? You know? Yeah. Fucking through and through. Done. Yeah. Let's see. So, okay. So you had your nights at Plush. It was, uh, remind me of the, the base night that you were doing at Plush. It uh, was... Did Say What and Not Too Deep. Mm -hmm. What was the Not Too Deep? Uh, not Too Deep was more UK oriented. We did like a lot more garage and bass line and 4-4. Four four. Why was it called Not Too Deep? I don't know. That's what Seville came up with. <laughs> <laughs> it works. I liked it. <laughs> um, say What was... Um, we focused on a lot of UK, but there was such a diverse group of us that it was really just kind of base, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So it was like at that time it was like Fidget was mm -hmm. big, you know. Wow. Like, remember yeah. Fidget House and like Base House was not a name that I saw until way later. Mm -hmm. I always called it just UK Base. Yeah. Um, but early inceptions of like Base House, so like Chris Lorenzo mm -hmm. and fucking. Uh, the Dirty Bird stuff, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Claude Von Stroke, a lot of that yep. early, A.C. Slater, you know, this was all what, around 2011, mm -hmm. 12, you know? Yeah. Um, and then before that, you know, with Weight and... Right. Uh, Shout out know, Gromit. Gromit, Sloppy, Tyrant, mm -hmm. Mike, all you guys, I love you. Yeah. Big love. Mike <laughs> Interline, right, who yeah. also helped start this podcast. Shout out Interline. Um, up, See, you know what I'm talking about. We're like, we're, you know, again, the reason why we're doing Beats Within is because there's so much culture, there's so much history. These are the things that, you know, spurned off and can, you know, really held it down for the electronic music scene and for the hip hop scene. And, you know, there was a time when it, you know, went away, right? It's just like things change and it kind of lifted up. And right now, the younger kids are bringing it back. Like, and yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah. It is good. They're, they're doing really proud. They're doing Renegades. Yeah. You know, like gone to a couple of parties in tunnels on That's like pedestrian sick. bridges. It's so fucking dope. And like it's I haven't been to one place or like one of their events where and there's like about three of them that are doing it. I haven't been to one of their events where I was like, this music's whack. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, dude. Nice. It's like real big because the Massives came in around like 2002. Yeah. And, sh and that's like fuzzy boots and fucking light up toys and bikinis yeah. and like fucking lingerie. Gym like bros just gym bros and candy yeah, necklaces. Yeah. So weird. And you know, like the for music me, was, was trash. For me, that was like 2000. Yep. So it was like, like right. New Year's, that New Year's of 99, 2000, uh, we were in Houston, and I remember it kind of all being like a farewell. Yeah. Like all of us, like old ravers, were like, "All right, it's, it's done. It's done. It's over." Right. And I think then, I was in Louisiana for State Palace Theater. I think oh, that's where yeah. I was for Old yeah. Disco Donnie. Yeah. Um, we uh, so we all moved into the clubs after that, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where. You know, I and guess then you bring in what we were just talking about now, just evolving yeah. and how do and we you just nurture moved that? over into the clubs right. and the, the raves were still like, like you said, they'd kind of moved into the bro festival territory. Masses. So we moved into the clubs right. and basically just did what we were doing in the raves on a smaller scale. Right. 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 It was just the heads because they were like curated nights. Um, okay. So we're. <laughs> Let's see. We're kind of coming into a spot where I think that we are kind of coming to a close. So I do want to talk about uh, what conspiracy <laughs> do you deny? And again, we're open to all of them. But what conspiracy theory do you hear? You know, like, no, nah, not that one. And again, we're like open. To, we'll like we'll pontificate. Uh, yes, I'll pontificate on anything. some like on some dumb shit. But like, um, which one do I deny? Yeah, which one do you deny? Where you're like, I'll talk about any of this, but it's like, you know, like I love Loch Ness monster theory, like, but I still like this point. I'm like, that fucking doesn't exist, dude. 
I'll still kind of accept it, you know, like, and I like the conversation yeah. around it. But I'm yeah, like, no, maybe no some way, of the dude. crypto. I love cryptic, so yeah. Yeah, like, some of that crypto. probably is more because. Yeah, like I, I'll talk about Bigfoot all day long. Like Bigfoot, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I've seen enough stuff on that one, but like lock, I don't know. But some of that shit because like water, you know, a lot of water has not been explored, so it can't. I still trip out when I remember that the continents really are only formed kind of like on one side of like the globe and like the, like the other like half of it is just fucking water. water and i'm like how do we pollute that that's a lot like it's more than it's it's more water than it is land and how the fuck do we okay like, that's well that's not a conspiracy theory i guess it one? is in mine like what? climate change shit i don't think a lot of that's fucking real that's wild yeah you know it is strange though because it's agenda 2030 it's agenda 2020 it's like it's all control I mean, I definitely agree with the control yeah. aspects of it. You know, um, all the you think all the oil companies are like, oh shit, we're switching to solar. Now they've been in on that shit. Yeah, you know, we were. I think we were kind of like talking about this at one point too. And I was all like, I know that they talk about fossil fuels being finite, but I also feel like, they've how many there, fossils we do we? To, <laughs> we're supposed to hit peak oil in like the seventies. That's true, right? And it was Rockefeller that came up with it being a fossil fuel for all these other fucking, you know, because then it's a limited thing, and then he can add value to it. If he's just like, oh, it's an unlimited resource, there's no fucking value. But if he's like, oh, it's dinosaurs that died a million years ago, so there's only so much of it, bum, bum, now that gives it fucking value. I'm dying right now. See, this is what we were doing. <laughs> I'd, pledge. I'd be like, oh, no, like, oh, shit, well, like you're the, right about that. There is, the, like, like, the increased value All the value oil fields that dried up in Texas 20 yeah. years ago yeah. are full again. Right. So wow. it is a regenerative resource and it's not dinosaur bones from a million years ago that's just so wild to me and again i there's maybe there's a scientist to listen to that if you like you can sound off in the comments and like don't get too mad at us we're just talking we're just we're just talking nobody's fucking funding anything we're just having a discussion I paint, dude. Don't <laughs> let me have some thoughts i can play around with and we can change these at any point that's yeah. what we're just talking um what do you think about all the fucking ufo sightings that have been happening do you feel that that's a thing i was talking <laughs> to my dentist and uh he had his hands in my mouth and he was all like, I don't really know about that at all, because we we're talking about the Chinese spy balloon. Mm -hmm. And he was like, all I know is that this wasn't happening when Trump was in office. And I was <laughs> like, oh, God. He's not wrong. <laughs> but I love my dentist. Uh, he's think, very good. Hooks I, me up think, with nitrous. Uh, I think a lot of it's a distraction. I think Absolutely a lot of it's that. bullshit. I mean, I could get in on it, too, right? Like when the WikiLeaks drop about Podesta, Podesta was trying to run damage control, so he said, why don't we fucking do disclosure? Why don't we start letting them know? That shit, right? I'm all like, so, why are they giving it? They're like, we're going to finally disclose these fucking because there was a lot. I'm like, y'all never listened to laws before. Why would you all of a sudden be like, time limit? We're yeah. going to let this fucking go. Well, they didn't care about your health before, but now all of a sudden they want you healthy and fucking whatever. Yeah. I and mean, there's a lot of things. Don't yeah. buy it. If they start all fucking talking about that shit, it's probably bullshit. Well, the thing also, like, when we're, like, I would, I love aliens, would love, and I still, I do, I don't know, man, I love them, I, I think they exist, sometimes I'm like, it's a lonely-ass universe, though, and maybe they don't want to fuck with us, I'm not I think sure. they exist, but not in the way that the public thinks that they exist. And that, if society collapses tomorrow, uh -huh. which skill will keep you alive for the next six months, besides art? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> Yeah. I guess there's a bartering system we can do, but I mean, art's going to be on the fucking... I barely made it through the ice storm last week. <laughs> fucking Jesus. That was rough, man. Jeez. Did y'all lose power? Yeah. Oh, shit, we're how out long? Of, like four or five days. Fuck, and dude. I got a cold. So it was like that whole time I was like fucking sick here. and miserable. 
We stayed here about half the time, and then we went over to one of Marie's friends. Okay. You know what's sad is that, like, the night, the 20, so it's like 20 hours before it went out, there was, like, Austin Statesman blurb that was like, Greg Abbott, fuck you, Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott says the electricity system is going to not fail this time. And then I, like, went to sleep, and I woke up, and it was like, half of Austin lost power. <laughs> I was like, I mean, this that piece was of trees shit. falling and knocking down. That wasn't the grid. That was, you know, power lines. Mm. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, we don't know. You could drive down my street <laughs> above my fucking playground. There definitely is. That was sad. We lost a hell of trees. Um, all right, so you're fucked. You're not leaving past six months. I got um, a knife. <laughs> that, that, Boom. Anybody needs a knife? Shit goes down. Thank you for dealing with us. I mean, this is actually like kind of the uh, apology I would give anybody who hopped into our cigarette. Fucking outside of plush circle at any point, which they would do. They'd wander up, and I would see them walk away. Because they'd be like, <laughs> I have no fucking idea where this is going. That has like, happened. We don't either, but we're anchoring it. That has happened. It has times happened. We've been like, one hundred percent. I walked up and like, ah, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so this is what you got. You have. You, you may be like, these people are fucking assholes, and you're not wrong. And I <laughs> appreciate you for sticking around and kind of getting a bit of why we're doing Beats Within and why we love the people that we love and why we're proud of the people that we love. Just fucking, I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you later, bye. <laughs>